everyone. This is Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels. And today I have a very special guest on. Um, it's another graduate from Vassar College that I've had the pleasure of having various conversations with. And we're going to be talking about our careers and our dreams and where we started in college and where we are now and all the twists and turns that happen within life because it's an amazing journey. And that's all what J. Cooper Travels is about is our life journeys. Karen, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I mean, I um, we graduated um, maybe different years, but um, we uh, were at the same college and had, um, you know, very interesting experiences. Um, my major was science, technology, and society, which is a blend of both poli-sci, philosophy, and various sciences. What was your major? Biology and Africana Studies. And but I found my way to science, technology, and society by my senior year. Yeah, you did. Um, yes. So what drew you to your major? I know for me, I always, I knew I was going to go two paths. I was either going to be a lawyer or a research scientist. And I learned early that as much as I love science, I wasn't good in the hard sciences. So I looked at um, a major that could kind of blend and overlap both the, um, the policy side of things and my interest in bioethics and also um, just all the current new technologies, or at least it was new back then. Now it's kind of commonplace. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So what, how did you kind of navigate? Because I know we both have similar interests. Right. I entered Vassar uh, pre-med. I was intent on being an anesthesiologist. And I declared biology. By sophomore year, though, I stopped liking the comparative anatomy and dissecting part of the science. So I knew medical school was out. But I, I'd like you, I continued to still love science. And but I became interested in the social science part of it. And that's when I developed my Africana studies uh, double major. And in the process of that began to be exposed to some of the uh, global issues mm -hmm. um, that touch upon science, health, law, political science. And that's how I ended up taking a course in the Science Technology Society uh, curriculum, which introduced me to bioethics. And that is what I then went to into graduate study after Vassar. Forget, I didn't completely forget medicine because obviously medical ethics is a significant part of what my focus was. And then after that, because I still didn't know where, how was I going to get a job, I decided to go to law school. And no surprise, my specialty is medical law. So I still kind of connected everything in a really weird way, but it became my career for 20, almost now 30 years. I know it's fascinating. I, um, as much as I love law, I, I didn't take the, the route of, I did, I was in a law firm, but I didn't go into the courtroom, but, um, I went more into the healthcare consulting side and navigated a little bit differently, but I still, 
always was fascinated with uh, how law impacts, um, you know, the area. And the, what I'm doing now is I navigated into special ed teaching because of my love of brain science and also my understanding of how law is important and my interest at some point in advocating for kids in this area. So, you know, again, you can have one interest and it can kind of take you different ways. Um, for your experience in your legal field, um, how have you found it in terms of being a woman in this profession and being in uh, both law firms, courtrooms, any, any which way? Well, it, I would have to take that question in decades. In the very <laughs> beginning, uh, I graduated in 1991 and, and I went in to work in a firm uh, that was a, a boutique firm in the medical malpractice defense area. And it was a small group that was very supportive. So within that group, I had no concerns, no issues. I was very supported. I was given great opportunities. Um, there, it was a diverse firm. So we had minority uh, representation as partners. And that allowed me to get uh, a push. Outside of the firm, though, I had to deal with um, one being young and being a woman, I was always the court reporter. Whenever I walked in a room, oh, are you the court reporter? No, I'm actually the attorney about to take your deposition. Now sit down. Um, so I had to constantly assert myself in that way. And older white male attorneys, not just a little older, but old enough to be like a grandfather to me, mm -hmm. no respect, none. They would go around me you know, my senior partners and just like question me, question what I was, my decision-making until my senior partners are like, no, mm -mm. she's making these decisions. So you have to listen to what she has to say. My senior partners didn't have to do that, but because they did, I think that helped me to establish my own reputation. And I did go in the courtroom. And even though judges would have one judge who say, uh, counsel and, and Karen, I wasn't even Miss Turner, I was Karen. So, but that, you know, you deal with it and you you prove that you deserve to be where you are by doing a great job. But it's constantly having to prove that. So that first decade was that. Second decade was much easier because I was a made partner, I had a reputation and, you know, I did my job, I did it well. So it got better. And um, again, I have to attribute a lot of that to the firm that I work in. I don't think my experience would have been the same everywhere, but I was very fortunate to be where I was. And my last decade has been as in-house counsel at Howard University. So it's different um, than being in the firm. It, the, the, it, the rat race is gone. It, it's much um, more of a place where I can just work. I don't have to prove myself to, you know, to anybody. Uh, I was hired to do a job that I'm capable of and I do my job. So it's a, it's a much, I don't want to say easier experience, but uh, it's less uh, demanding of me 
proving things that don't have anything to do with my ability to do the job that I was hired to do. You know, I've talked to some other Vassar graduates, uh, also women, also attorneys, and they have shared similar experiences that you've just shared. And um, they're younger than us and they're still experiencing that. And so, you know, I, every time I hear it, um, you know, I just have to shake my head because of the fact that we've come far, but obviously not far enough on so many levels, both professionally as well as, you know, just within our own community. So, um, you know, so for, for you, for myself, for everyone else who is listening, um, you know, I applaud you in terms of what you've done because you played, um, the, the stepping stones for those who are coming after you. And, um, you know, it's, again, I remember being an intern at the Supreme Court and, you know, there was no women justices at back then, you know, and, um, you know, I remember Congresswoman Bella Abzug wearing a hat because, mm -hmm, yeah. And from New uh, York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, will give away my age by saying that I interned there, you know, so, <laughs> but, you know, again, um, it's, uh, every, every person who's had to make a stand has done it in their own ways. And then, um, you know, we do have to sometimes show that we are more than capable to do our job. Um, right. you know, so, um, so have you loved being in the medical area? Did you love being in that area? I did. And um, I used to tell people that I was uh, tort reform because my job was to represent hospitals and physicians I mean, and nurses and all, all healthcare providers in medical malpractice cases. And that's not a, a, an, an, a popular area usually you know people flock to the other side the plaintiff side to sue the doctors and nurses but because i was uh an undercover still wanting to be doctor you know i had to go to the to the physician side and what and what i found was that really really good doctors do give really good care and but they still get sued Mm -hmm. and i felt very strongly in my advocacy for my clients, that it, it really, it often was not about whether or not the doctor did something wrong, because because often they didn't. Yeah, something bad can still happen when there's no negligence per se. But there's just so so much that is against you know the healthcare field, um, just you know for a lot of reasons. Um, and I felt like it was important that on that side they have as much uh, protection as the patients did. And so I, I'm not anti-patient, I'm a patient. So um, I always wanted to make sure that it was an even, you know, an even playing field, which meant that sometimes I had to say, you know, we screwed up. We need to make sure that this person is compensated. So in that way, I felt like I did my job as well. So that's why I say I'm, I'm tort reform because I, I tried to make sure that the insurance companies didn't pay more than they had to, but I also made sure that patients who deserve compensation that I, I tried to get them there in a fair way. I and yeah, so I did enjoy it. And I'm, I work at a hospital now and I still enjoy it. 
I, I totally understand what you're saying about the balance, because in my role in the special education field, I can see how at times um, whenever I decide to leave as a teacher that I would be advocating on behalf of the special education teacher, because there, there are many things that we do correctly, but then sometimes it's viewed as maybe not, but we actually are being advocates for the child. On the flip side, there are sometimes times that I would be advocating for the child because sometimes there were things that were going on that maybe yes. should not have. So I can see how wearing both hats, you know, in our in our minds and just, you know, how we kind of um, support the positivity within our fields. Um, yes. So now I know that you and I are going to have continuing conversations because yes. um, for those that are listening right now, definitely make sure that you continue on to the second part of this episode because Karen has had some very interesting life experiences and she has had a dream to do something that she finally dived into. Karen, why don't you kind of do a teaser as to what your dream was and um, what what we're going to be talking about next. I had a dream that I would actually write a novel and publish it so that it can be uh, seen by the world. And I kind of did that. And so for um, those that are um, interested in learning more about her novel, which I think is uh, it's, it's going to be really great to be um, to reading it, um, we're going to be um, having a second episode. But before we sign off on this one, you've had many, many experiences over the years. What sort of um, inspirational tips or thoughts would you like to share with those that might be listening, whether it's, you know, going into the legal field or any other life lessons that you've, uh, you've learned over time? Um, each of us, you know, as we kind of uh, navigate, we kind of, if we were to go back to our younger selves, kind of, you know, give would give ourselves a different message to think about. What kind of message would you like to share with others? I think it would be believing in yourself. Um, that is the beginning of other people seeing you and believing in you. You have to, it has to start from within and dream big. We don't, we hold ourselves back by the smallness of our dreams. And if I were, to tell my younger self anything, I would tell my younger self to dream bigger and not to be afraid to dream bigger. Uh, Cause that was probably something that I was timid about in my, in my younger days. Did you think, I agree with you totally. Do you think, how do you think your experience at Vassar helped you in terms of developing your um, self empowerment and awareness and uh, your your career path down the road? I think uh, Vassar was helpful for me in uh, helping to frame my mind to think more intellectually and more critically and challenging me to deal with um, complicated uh, interpersonal issues. Vassar was a great place to learn, a great four years, but we had some challenges. Um, it was not um, anything necessarily related to Vassar itself, but there were people that I didn't get along with. 
but I lived in close proximity with them because you know we it was a it's a res, residential campus. Um, I was introduced to um, political demonstrations. We we protested apartheid. That mm-hmm. was the the issue, and I think at the the beginning of the HIV awareness. Um, so we were also very active in that movement. Um, Vassar gave me the very best friends that I could have asked for. So that has helped me in every phase of my life because, you know, your friendships are what can sometimes hold you up when nothing else will. So that's the other um, contribution that Vassar gave me. Not to mention, I can just say, oh, I went to Vassar and people (laughs) are impressed by that. I don't know. It just kind of gets you in a door sometimes. I understand and I agree. I I had um, a a very um, welcoming experience at Vassar. I I went young. I was only 16 when I went. And so for me, um, I had no clue what college was all about, you know, so and I was in strong for three years and then I went to Maine. And um, again, like you said, you know, the friendships the demonstrations, the issues, the, you know, the learning how to um, speak your mind when you believed. And I remember go, even taking trips with, uh, you know, with some of the, the uh, p- political science department, I think it was. Um, I remember going down on the mall and demonstrating for the ERA, you know, in white dresses and you know other political issues you know that just you know now i'm thinking back you know and again we still have so much more to um make progress on but um thinking about taking a stand for what you believe i think is really important and um and i and and that's why i think everyone can make a difference and every voice counts so, yes. um, you know, that's one of the things that I remember, you know, coming away from the college with the idea that um, even if you think that, and I say you from me, if, even if I think my voice is small, every action makes an impact. So, um, you know, like you said, take your stand and, and believe in yourself and, um, and be kind to others. So, right. um, our, well, I will be talking to you soon and I can't wait to talk about your book for everyone who's listening. The, um, Karen's contact information will be in the, uh, the blog and the podcast information below. So definitely stay tuned and thank you so much.